This podcast episode talks about suicidal ideations, mental health, and sexual abuse. These are our personal stories, and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Thank you for listening to And Life Happened. Today we have Jamie and she's going to be sharing about the importance of talking about mental health, ending the stigma and ending the silence. Thank you for coming, Jamie, and we're going to open it up for you to share your story. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Jessica. Thank you for having me on your show today, ladies. Thank you. How's everything going on the other side of the USA? sunny over here (laughs) it's It's sunny over here on the east coast too it is sunny here too knock on wood it's about 20 degrees warmer than it should be right now actually it's awesome for you (laughs) I'm enjoying it because I have to I have to walk my dog every morning even if it's freezing cold Mm. out I draw Mm. the line at precipitation And I think the dogs do too, though. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> he, does. he really does. He looks out the door at me like, fix it, please. Like, yep. I'm sorry. I don't have the ability to stop the rain, dude. But thank you for letting me think I'm that good at life. Appreciate your vote of confidence. So That's we awesome. went for a walk this morning and I got to take some shots of these trees in my neighborhood. Oh, One of that. my passions and my ways of just connecting with life around me is through photography. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my pictures come from these morning walks that take five, seven minutes. It's really short. Mm-hmm. And then I just have these pictures that I just... I just stare at them and I just love the detail. And then I also have the ability to share them with the world, not just through social media, but through different art galleries and photography shows. So with the whole ending the stigma and ending the silence and talking about mental health, I've just started to have the confidence to pursue photography and paint. And I'm 42 years old. So Mm -hmm. I have gone decades without having any hobbies, without Mm -hmm. having anything that I enjoyed doing because I was just living in this ball of anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And I was trying super, super hard. And I saw everybody else around me was just cooking dinner and cleaning the house and balancing everything. Whereas just getting out of bed felt overwhelming for me some days Mm -hmm. and cooking a meal gave me so much anxiety because it's a multi-step process and Mm -hmm. trying to remember do you start the meat first or do you start the veggies first well now you have to start the veggies first because you're roasting them instead of saute and when you have lowered executive functioning abilities and when you have lowered working memory that is all a lot. Plus Mm -hmm. my children are extremely picky eaters. So I'm going through all of this work, fighting my own brain to try to remember which steps, what go in. And I blank out so frequently. And then I make it to the end game and I get the meal on the table. What's this? I don't Uh like this. Uh So 
wasn't helpful for my mental health at all either. And so I would rage at everybody Mm. because I was just trying so hard and not getting anything right. It felt like, Mm -hmm. and, um, I was so down on myself, like you're failing, Jamie, cut it out. And all I would do is just criticize myself all the time. My only inner voice was my inner critic. And I'm starting to build my inner warrior voice and my inner advocate voice and my inner cheerleader voice. And one of the things that I had to do to get that started (laughs) was to listen overnight with headphones to positive affirmations. And I would just go to YouTube and just type in positive affirmations for self-esteem or positive affirmations for trauma recovery. And I would just find the voices that I could fall asleep to with the background music that fit me. Mm -hmm. And I would let them quote unquote brainwash me out of that negative place while I slept at night. So that was one way I started to be able to say positive things about myself and to stop seeing myself as a failure. And part of personal growth is really owning up to the blind spots when you start to see them and when you do get criticized by someone else or you perceive you're being criticized by someone else being willing to say "Ooh, that caused a really painful reaction what is it about what they just said or what I just heard that caused me to have that reaction and I call that practicing the pause Mm -hmm. Where now, instead of just going with the anxiety, like, oh, they must hate me and they must think I'm stupid and I'm terrible and I'm never going to blah, blah, blah. That's such an easy hamster wheel to stay on and Mm -hmm. hard one to get off. Mm -hmm. But my biggest tool that I use for that is practicing the pause when I'm triggered, when I have an anxiety flare up or I feel anger or I think, okay. Maybe one of my boundaries is being crossed. Maybe I have a conflict of information that's creating me to feel uncomfortable. Maybe this is new information and I don't have a reference for processing it yet. Maybe that person's just being rude and hurt my feelings. But unless I stop and I ask myself what's going on, it ends up turning into a meltdown later on in my day Mm -hmm. because I think that I'm just ignoring it but that feeling that has triggered my anxiety is still elevated I haven't done anything to calm it down so the next time that I'm accidentally triggered emotionally it's gonna layer and layer and layer Mm -hmm. and that's where you get the effects of Karening. And that was one of the names I tried out for my podcast was Confessions of a Recovering Karen, because that's what would happen is I would be so bottled up that I would ask for a manager and I would argue over a price. And I would take my negative feelings and my anger, my frustration and my overwhelm, and I would throw it at everybody else and try to get it to stick somewhere emotionally aware people will know how to keep your trauma 
from sticking to them. So you just keep throwing drama until you find a victim who hasn't put their shield up fast enough. And you know what the word for that type of behavior is? Narcissism. Guys, (laughs) I'm straight up looking in the mirror at my narcissistic behaviors Mm -hmm. and just because I was a victim and I have legitimate issues and yeah my trauma was horrible doesn't mean I can be a jerk (gasps) Ooh, Mm -hmm. so yes my needs may feel extremely urgent at the time and my physical have you guys ever heard anybody explain what physical anxiety feels like I don't know if I've ever heard somebody explain it. Um, I've had some of my own, but I don't know if I've heard somebody explain it. I didn't even know that I had anxiety until a Mm. year ago. So I went to my doctor and he said, this is anxiety. My body feels tingly a lot. Mm. Um, I feel hot a lot. My chest has a big knot in it a lot. The hairs on the back of my head are always standing up like there's someone hovering over me, just breathing on me. Even when I'm alone and this is without medication, my body feels like that 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was normal. Mm -hmm. I thought that I was just too weak to deal with the human experience. So then once I actually got help from my doctor, where I opened up and I said, I need help. And I made the appointment and I went, I didn't talk myself out of it. The biggest things you can do on a mental health journey in the beginning is to not get in your own way. You will try to talk yourself out of it. What's that? How did you do that? How did you not get in your own way? I finally utilized the therapists, whereas previously in the past, when I would go to therapy, I would just be this blank wall and I was so mm-hmm. shut down. Um, but I had, I hit a low point. I hit a low point and I had nowhere to go, but up my children had seen me tuck and roll out of a moving vehicle at this point Mm -hmm. and um I came extremely close to some other dangerous behavior Mm -hmm. and because I have children I had to pull myself together Mm -hmm. I asked I straight up asked my therapist, how horrible of a person would it be if I just left them and went mm. and lived by myself somewhere? Because I can't even live in my own body, mm-hmm. let alone answer their questions about mm-hmm. life and be an equal partner. Mm-hmm. And then I feel guilty that I'm not bringing as much to the table as I feel like I should. And if this had never happened mm-hmm. to me, then he would have a a healthy wife and he, so, but all that's toxic shame. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get to the point where you can tell the difference between truth of, Ooh, I have some narcissistic behaviors to work on versus toxic shame of I'm a rotten person who doesn't deserve these beautiful family members. And how could I be so? No, no, no. Okay, Mm -hmm. 
I think about myself a little bit too much because I'm still a girl on fire, as Alicia Mm -hmm. Keys puts it. But like Adele, I've learned to set fire to the rain and I miss hear her lyrics the way I want to hear them. So when she's singing, (laughs) when she's singing with me, (laughs) we sing together. I set fire to the rain, watched it burn as I walk away. And that's the kind of Mm -hmm. attitude you have to put to the toxic shame. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be angry and hurt and broken. But now, if you can face why you're angry and hurt and broken, And I promise you will find someone to help you with that. I promise there are qualified people out there waiting Mm -hmm. to offer you different skills for you to try and see if they fit you. DBT, CBT, EMDR, Mm -hmm. talk therapy, coaching is a really great thing. The way coaching is different from therapy is therapy helps you deal with your past and coaching helps you plan your goals out so that you can take action steps to go where you want to go in life instead of kind of just like, I'm not sure what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. So both of those are wonderful. And therapy once I was ready I had nowhere to go but up um I had nowhere to go but up and I realized that I was repeating the pattern of narcissistic parenting and Mm. these two beautiful children that call me mom they're actually really amazing which means I'm doing something right but I also want to not shut them down the way I was shut down. I was Mm -hmm. really amazing at that age too, but I got shut down from people not supporting me, people not encouraging me. Sometimes it's so inactive and passive the way your parents can shut you down. You might Mm -hmm. finally get the courage to tell them you're interested in an activity And they're in the middle of something. Cooking dinner is a big one, right? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. That's nice. We'll see. We'll see. And you can tell that they're not as excited about it as you want them to be for you. Uh So one of the things when I started having all of the, you know, the healing process where I was opening up about the ways that I was mistreated and abused, I, I had to be extremely careful with where I went as far as being a victim, because every time I looked in the mirror to point a finger, there were three more fingers pointing back at me. And mm-hmm. if you, if you raise your hand and you curl it up, like you're going to point at mm-hmm. someone, mm-hmm. you can see three more fingers pointing back at you. So when I wanted to blame my mother for not protecting me from the abuse that I endured. I had three more fingers pointing back at me that it could have Mm -hmm. easily been my kids at someone's house that I trusted. And, you know, like, oh, well, my mom didn't love me or, well, how do my children feel right now? Mm -hmm. So, so there's a lot of keywords that I've used, toxic shame. Um, I learned the term passive suicidal ideations that replaces I want to die the only way to end my pain is to die 
Okay. So the goal is to end your pain, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're not, we're not, you're not out of hope yet. You've got other people who have been there before you and have put a safety net in place for you. And mm-hmm. the number one resource I give for people who feel like they can't go on is the crisis text line. And in the UK, US, Canada, and Ireland, you can text 741-741 for free trauma-informed, compassionate individuals who can talk you through those rough moments. Mm -hmm. So I just want to leave people with the things that are helping me go from being angry and bitter and, and not wanting to live, even though I, I live in America, number one, we own a home across the street Mm -hmm. from a lake. We go on these not extravagant vacations together, but we have fun. And, you know, with the two cars in the house, I am not in a dangerous place in my life. My husband is respectful and caring and he's gentle and warm. He's the only problem with him is he's a human being. <laughs> and I just, happen to, I just happen to have a thing where I don't like humans. They don't make me feel safe. That tingly feeling that like someone's mm-hmm. creeping up. I have, I'm just sitting on my own couch in my own home, having a conversation of my own choosing and I have that creepy feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yes, resilience is possible. Mm-hmm. But to get to resilience, you have to be willing to come to self-awareness. And I really highly recommend self-compassion. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend this phrase, radical acceptance. I can't change the past. I can't take away the hurt I endured. I can't fix anything. That's where blame comes in, that feeling of powerlessness. I still feel so powerless. How could you let this happen to me? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know what? I'm alive right now in 2021. I am safe in 2021. I am loved in 2021. And when I get stuck in the past, sometimes those are three phrases I literally will say to myself. Sometimes I have to remind myself, today you are safe, even though my body doesn't feel like it. So I'm kind of trying to toy with the idea of telling my body when it's feeling anxious, hey, you're all right. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to ignore that feeling and keep on with my life right now. But you can have your little hissy fit or your little freak out if you want to. You'll see in a minute that everything is okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of self-talk that I'm learning to engage in besides I'm worthless. I can't do anything right. Okay. That's two that got out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And there's like a hundred more in my head. I am kind. I am brilliant. I am resilient. Okay. Let's follow up the negative with something positive about myself. You see how quickly I was able to come up with something positive mm-hmm. because I've had 12 months of intense mm-hmm. soul searching, honesty, and just allowing the pain room. And the way I would 
would compare the emotional pain so that people could have a visual is um, if you've ever seen someone who has an infection and then once the doctors drain it, there's immediate relief. The pressure is gone. The dead white blood cells are gone. Your body is no longer carrying that burden, but you have to allow the puncture to let the drainage happen. And that's the part that scares people is letting it out. How do I say mm-hmm. these things? How do mm-hmm. I face mm-hmm. myself? How do I face this reality? Some of it is unfaceable. And I have chosen to intentionally stop having memory recall. Mm-hmm. Um, my, mem- my, my abuse was during my childhood and I blocked it out until the age of 41 where my mental health was tanked so hard and I was in such a state of grief and just depression and self-hate. I've only been that way that low two other times in my life. And both of those other times there was an attempt made. Mm -hmm. So having children, I had to get the help. I couldn't like that was there. I needed it for them. Mm-hmm. I needed them to have a stable mother. I needed to not be the villain in their story. Mm-hmm. I needed to not be the reason they couldn't succeed as an adult. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much different my life would be. And I can't afford to think that way because I have to take my energy and my power that I have left and put it into nurturing new power mm-hmm. and new life and these new hobbies like my photography and my painting and just an, I'm actually enjoying my my children now in a way that I never had before because they were always a burden they mm-hmm. always needed something and some of that was just straight up related to yeah kids are freaking needy they're so needy <laughs> And mine are still pretty young at the ages of eight and 11, Hmm. but they're more independent and they have more cognitive skills to be able to explain to me, um, I will put the dishes away after I finish this. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we have a conversation back and forth now, instead of me just saying, why aren't your dishes put away? Mm So they don't get scared of me as often anymore because I was always just right at the top level of like a teapot, like a tea kettle that wouldn't stop whistling. So how, like, I was so noisy in my own mind, like a tea kettle whistling with racing thoughts and all of that self-hate. I couldn't even, I just couldn't even be talked to. I was just Mm -hmm. so volatile. And that's no way to be a mom. Mm -hmm. So as much as I feel like I would thrive best independently living by myself somewhere, that's off the table. It's off Mm -hmm. the table. I have to learn to be in this family and live with people and not only think about myself all the time. And you know what? I'm not nearly as bad as I think I am. Mm. So every real self-awareness that I have, like um, the things that I've said where I've called myself out on 
only thinking about myself or spending so much money on myself, but not letting anybody else get any, like just being stingy with the budget. Yeah. Mm. Being controlling without seeing it that way, because it was coming from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. so spending the money even though I was spending the money on bills and clothes for the kids and things like that it was like I had to spend it before he could and I mm-hmm. made that all up in my head mm-hmm. he's he's the state like he's he's really a great person and he's well-rounded and he's got good judgment and we all make mistakes so what reason do I have? Like, he's never put us in danger financially, but guess who has? Mm-hmm. Me. Mm-hmm. So insightful. Because, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I can't judge myself for that because realizing that you have brain damage because complex post-traumatic stress syndrome, complex PTSD means I was hurt at such a young age on such a frequency that my development and my hormones and my neurons shifted into a place of fear and survival and I got stuck there. Mm -hmm. But I have medication to help me. I have 741, 741. I still text them, but now I'll text them and I'll say, I was super triggered and I didn't act out. And I need someone to hear me say how proud I am of myself. Mm-hmm. So they'll support you even if you're not in a crisis and they, they get it right. They just, like they do. So my story of resilience is, when you've got no place to go but up because somebody else has stomped on you, go up, reach mm-hmm. for hope. It's there. And I'll answer any questions you guys have. One thing I, I continued to hear was um, your, you know, you needed to be open to therapy, to your support network, to all of that. And and you had opportunities before where maybe you weren't open, um, you know, and you sat at therapist blank wall. Um, you know, what, what do you think, you know, I know you, you've attributed a lot to having children. What do you think helped you to real like, to get to that? Like, okay, I'm going to open up to this therapist. I'm going to open up to my support network and, you know, and to myself, um, what, what got you to that? So when I first had, I call it my big reveal, (laughs) (laughs) November 4th, 2020 was the first time I ever in my whole life understood the full extent of what I experienced as a child. And I needed someone to help me unpack what was going through my memories and my mind Mm -hmm. and I had I was drowning when you're drowning you just flail your arms and Mm -hmm. scream Mm -hmm. you just got so that's kind of where I was at was like I was like I went through what the flashbacks were so graphic and awful that I was in shock physical shock for three days Mm -hmm. 
And then on day four, I vomited for 24 hours straight. I couldn't Mm. keep water down. I just laid by the toilet and I just kept throwing up and crying. And my husband was handling the kids for me. And he, he kind of saw what, I mean, I wasn't hiding any of it from him, but nobody can experience it unless Mm. they have experienced it. And then finally, for the next day, I just cried and I cried and I cried Mm -hmm. and it felt so good to finally understand what was wrong with me. But the flashbacks were so hard. It made complete sense for why I blocked it all out. Mm -hmm. Nobody would ever want to remember or face any of that. And Hey, when your brain is giving you an out, I'll take Mm -hmm. that out. Nope, not me, not happening right now. So it clicked a lot of pieces that were missing into place. And it allowed me to shift my shame from myself back onto my abuser because they were the one that had done the wrong thing. They Mm -hmm. were the one that had made an error in judgment. They were the one that was in error, not me. Mm -hmm. And going through that process was super hard you know I Mm -hmm. wow (laughs) I completely blocked out the fact that I was sexually abused so Mm -hmm. it was crazy and I know you know I know it really happened because people will say well how do you know you didn't just snap you said yourself Jamie you were in the middle of a midlife crisis Well, because once I started to talk about it, other people came and verified and shared Mm -hmm. other stories. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was no way it was a false memory. There just wasn't. There was a trail of victims left by my abuser. And so that's why I had to start talking. And because of how easy it is to gloss over something once we're done with it like oh man I'm sure glad I'm done with that hike Mm -hmm. I'm not going up that path again (laughs) Mm -hmm. or you know at the gym if you set a goal at the gym you want to do whatever crazy thing and you hit it what are you where are you going to go next Mm -hmm. so it's all Mm -hmm. about those little steps that you don't think will add up When I started going to the gym, I was holding those five pound dumbbells and feeling Mm -hmm. so insecure about it, but they quickly turned into seven pounds and nine Mm -hmm. pounds Mm -hmm. and 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with your mental health. The hardest part about the gym is your first time getting Mm -hmm. in the car Mm -hmm. to go there, Mm -hmm. getting up off the couch That's Mm -hmm. it. That's the momentum that you need. And we live in a wonderful digital world where you can even participate in counseling without leaving your couch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you will evolve and your needs will change and they will shift. In the beginning, I was using a free counselor because I didn't have health insurance and it was all I could get. Mm -hmm. So I was grateful for it but she was not trauma informed. And Mm -hmm. she, she said to me, you need to stop ruminating. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's what you're supposed to help me with instead (laughs) of judge me for it. 
So then I got health insurance. Yay! Mm -hmm. And I immediately looked for a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care what they call it. If this is the person that knows about trauma, abuse, PTSD, whatever kind of extenuating circumstances that go beyond how can two people make a relationship Mm -hmm. work or how can Uh I avoid Uh a power Mm -hmm. struggle with Mm -hmm. my teenager or how can I be more assertive at work? Well, how can I keep myself from melting down when it it was Uh just so getting past the words and past the stigma really helped a lot. Right. But it was finding the right person for you, finding the right counselor who knew how to help you with what you were going through. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think the website is Mm psychologytoday.com. They will list reviews for licensed professionals in your area by Mm -hmm. state. So it's um, like Angie's list or Google mm-hmm. reviews mm-hmm. and you can, you can see who they cater to, what their strengths are. Um, you can kind of get a feel for them from their bio a little bit, even just the way they write who they are. It can mm-hmm. be extremely formal or it can be more relatable. So you can pick up on some clues when you're looking online, but in the beginning, just start calling anybody, find out who your insurance Mm -hmm. will pay for, start there. Um, I did Google, I said, Google free counseling near my zip code. And I just called until I finally found somebody on the other side of the state, but because we were in a pandemic, it was all virtual anyway. Mm-hmm. And then when they asked me what town I lived in, I kind of sort of maybe spelled it completely wrong so that I could qualify for their help. <laughs> but it's sometimes you've got to do stuff like that. Sometimes the end justifies the means and you can pay it forward. And I started talking about my experience right away and making videos and just documenting my healing journey because I said to myself, someday this pain is going to be so far away from my current reality that it's going to feel like a dream. So let me go ahead and leave a trail of breadcrumbs for the people looking for hope after me, because Mm -hmm. I am not the only one. And that's another reason I started looking for help from a couple of people in my personal life, a mentor that I have. And I kept hearing from people in the background, me too, me too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I couldn't Mm -hmm. believe how common this experience was. Mm -hmm. And because I've been speaking out, I've had the opportunity to say the same message to people in Bangladesh, to people in South Africa, just don't give up, just reach for hope, just do that first step. That first step is the hardest one, but you've got this and it is worth it. You can find out what joy feels like. You can find out what makes you feel fulfilled and satisfied the way taking a picture of a tree is not for everybody. But for me, it's like, (laughs) wow, this tree is so cool. My life is amazing. (laughs) 
get a pet, go for a walk. Samantha and I do that a lot. But I I wanted to circle back to two things from your notes um, that I want to make sure our listeners hear. So I'm going to read two things, but we'll talk about the first one and then I'll read the second one as well. Okay. So um, facing my demons, facing my pain has allowed me to release it. Facing my demons, facing my pain has set them all free. No longer grasping, clinging, hiding, but singing, painting, hiking, writing. That's so beautiful. Do you want to expand upon that a little bit for people who are listening? So it turns out I'm a poet too, (laughs) (laughs) which is actually not news to me. I, when I was younger, elementary and middle school, I would write chapter stories, fictional chapter stories. Mm -hmm. And genetically I'm related to Robert Frost, the poet. Mm -hmm. He's my like 10th cousin, six times removed. I've got it all like out on paper, but just... (laughs) letting the words come and letting the words go and not trying to think and not trying to go. Don't rush your way through the pain because the hope it's here to stay. It will take its time, but once it's there, it will remain. I just love words. I love words and trees. (laughs) (laughs) interesting combo but it's great I mean it's it was so um impactful for me reading that that I made myself a note to make sure that we visited this and the other part um is the very next part in what you sent us but I felt like it's you can speak more to it on a completely different level the whatever it is that piques your curiosity explore it whatever makes you feel whole explore it whatever pain others have imposed upon you can be overcome. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I had no idea that I could paint guys. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea that I'm legit good at art until I walked into a gallery and they, I was just commenting on what the other artists had made and asking questions. And I remarked, you know oh well I like to use oil pastels and the woman was like oh be in our holiday show you don't even have to send us a sample just what's your email address and so I walked into this opportunity to be in an art show and I could have easily said I'm not an artist I'm not as good as the people on the wall but I am beginning to believe I am on equal footing with other humans now Why can't I be in an art gallery? So important. What makes their art any better or worse than mine? Opinion. Literally. Opinion. So I went for it. And now my art is hanging in Newport, Rhode Island art gallery for sale (laughs) for hundreds of dollars. It's amazing. And because I started last fall, I was realizing I need my hands to be busy. Mm. I can't just sit. I don't like eye contact. I'm sorry. So many people in the world find eye comfortable, incredibly painful. So Mm -hmm. I like to have something else to do. People knit, crochet, sketch. Mm -hmm. So I figured, hey, I'll try oil pastels because I love the color. I could have talked myself out of that because it's essentially mm-hmm. a crayon marketed for grown-ups. 
So here I'm like, okay, so I'm going to have a midlife crisis and I'm going to take some crayons to the park and I'm going to talk to other grownups while I draw with my fancy crayons. But you know what? I was like, well, what if I like it? What can this do for me? What happens if I use color? I love color. I love color. I've had an orange (laughs) kitchen where we handmade stencils and then we stenciled white zinnias all over the orange kitchen so (laughs) the fact that now I'm painting on canvas and paper and mixed media instead of the walls it's kind of refreshing (laughs) because now I can just have normal neutral walls around my house and then look (laughs) at my art when I want color yeah that's That's what I mean about trying things when you get that idea in your head I think I might like to cook no Mm -hmm. I can't cook that's expensive I don't know what I'm doing and then you can find a million reasons why it won't work but the challenge is to find the one reason why it might work and to just do it and to realize that there is validity in doing something for the pleasure of it Mm. life is supposed to be pleasurable And unfortunately, it is painful. (laughs) So those are my tools. Radical acceptance, learning to sift through my thoughts and pick out which ones are my true authentic thoughts. I am worthy. I am whole. I am healing. I am beautiful. I am kind. I am worthy of love versus my intrusive thoughts. Nobody likes me and I better go eat worms. (laughs) (laughs) And um, passive suicidal ideations. That phrase helped me overcome the, you know, when I would be so at that point where I just, the only way to end the pain is to just not be here anymore. Like, okay, we know that story, but we also now know the story that I don't have to do it alone. I can cry. I can let mm-hmm. it out. I can text 741741. I can write in my journal. I can go for a walk. I can do the things that I like to do. And I don't have to do anything I don't like to do, except as a mom, I do. I have to cook. I hate cooking, <laughs> but I Ditto. don't have to complain <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, are you going to write a book? Yes. <laughs> I started a book, but I'm Mm. still so much, I'm morphing and I'm changing so quickly. Mm -hmm. So my book title will probably be Healing and Becoming Whole. Mm. Um, And with the analogy of like, kind of like Swiss cheese where life comes and cuts you and rips parts of you out, but you can change and you can fill that place with whatever you want to and learning to see the emptiness inside of you as potential mm-hmm. instead of deficits. Mm-hmm. That so, emptiness, that's anything you want it to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love, light, peace, but you have mm-hmm. to make it yourself and you have to build it yourself. Um Thank you for joining us, Jamie, today and sharing so authentically about mm-hmm. uh, your experiences and, and really the opening up about um, your low points and then, and then getting to the point where you are today and what you're using to help you continue 
to, to move, um, and figure things out and find yourself and, um, morph and change and adapt. Um, so thank you so much for sharing all of that. Thank you for having me, Samantha and Jessica. You ladies are fantastic and just keep up the wonderful, wonderful light you're shining into the world. Thank Thank you you. so much. If you would like to hear more from Jamie, she is the founder of authenticallythriving.co. You can go and visit that. She is a podcast host and shares a lot about herself and her thoughts on that podcast. She's a photographer, a painter, and a self-proclaimed Sir Thriver. I was going to mess that up. Um, and as you've heard, she lives and has lives in Connecticut, has her husband and two children um, that are there surrounding her and a part of her life. So you can go check out more from Jamie. Thank you for listening to And Life Happened. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will continue to listen to and like our podcast. If you would like to support our podcast, you can do so by sharing this with others to build our community of resilience. To stay updated on the latest information, please follow us at at and underscore life happened on Instagram. If you would like to share your life happened story of resilience, please complete the form in our Instagram bio. These are our personal stories and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Thank you.